Hello, and welcome to The Expat Therapist, the show that helps wanderlust women prioritize their mental health and live their best lives abroad. I'm your host, Arielle Roberts, a licensed clinical therapist and a fellow expat. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips, insights, and real-life conversations with inspiring women who are making the most of their international adventures. Whether you're a seasoned expat or just getting started, this podcast is for you. So grab your journal, get cozy, and let's dive in. Welcome to the first official episode of the Expat Therapist Podcast. I hope you were able to tune in last week for our Meet the Host episode and spend some time thinking about our expat exploration prompt at the end of the episode. If so, I would love it if you could leave a comment on the podcast about the time you had to reflect and any progress you've made moving forward. This week, we are going to discuss the stages of culture shock. There are four different stages, the honeymoon, frustration, adjustment, and the acceptance stage. There is a fifth one called the re-entry stage, which we'll get into in later episodes. The honeymoon stage is just what it sounds like, seeing every new change and difference in your environment through rose-colored lenses. In Spanish, there's this phrase that we use, no pasa nada, which basically translates to no big deal. Honestly, as an American, it translated more like a chill out to me, which took me some time to get used to. But they use it here for everything. It'll take a minimum of a year to even begin processing my residency documentation. Hmm, no pasa nada. Oh crap, I went to run errands at 2.30pm and I forgot about siesta time. No pasa nada. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the Spanish siesta, around 2pm every day the residents of Spain shut down for their siesta and go home, eat, and nap, and prepare to work the second half of their day about three hours later. This is also present in schools. I drop my son off at school at 9 a.m., pick up at 12.30 p.m., drop off at 3 p.m., pick up for the day at 4.30 p.m. All that running around, no pasa nada. In this honeymoon stage, every person I met was trying to impress me or I was trying to impress them in one way or another. I had a series of friend dates with people who wanted to practice speaking their English, so they would speak in English and I would speak in Spanish and we would use each other to exchange corrective measures and so forth. This stage for me was super fun and exhilarating. It was a whole new world. Lasted about three to four months. Then hit the second stage, the frustration stage, which was by far the longest one for me. Guess what phrase made me twitch once I got there? No pasa nada. No joke. I swear you could like see my eyes twitch every time someone used it. I really thought they were joking about documentation taking at minimum a year to even begin processing. Nope. We literally submitted our marriage certificate to be registered in Spain, and it took 19 months to even receive it back. Only then were we even able to apply for our residency, which thankfully is only approximated to take three months, but we'll we'll see about that. I probably made the stage even worse because I was also planning our second wedding, one that would include all of our friends and family. Planning a wedding in general is super stressful, but let me tell you, planning a wedding in a foreign country with a different language and a little bit of help was a whole new ball game. Thankfully, the wedding was everything I could have imagined and more, but still. I found myself more often than not super highly anxious about irrational thoughts, having crying spells for no reason, and serious anger outbursts. 
Is there an ultimate husband award? Because if so, I have the perfect nominee. My husband was such a godsend during this phase for me. Then there was the adjustment stage. Things started to get a little bit easier here. I could start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Frustration subsides and you gain a little bit more clarity in your purpose. I really searched for my why here, which we'll talk more in detail in future episodes about how to find your why and the importance of having it. I remembered receiving such doubt from people before my move to Spain and almost always responded with, I'm not really sure why I have to make this move, but I know that I need to. This is the move that I have to make for myself and my son and obviously my husband, but we're destined for greatness and this is really going to help us get there. During this adjustment stage, I really started to feel as though I could dig deeper and connect with that destined for greatness thought and feeling that I had. I wanted to be more productive. I wanted to find my way, but it was still really hard for me to get motivated. Personally, I think the effects of the frustration stage were still lingering, and I was just so glad to be out of it that I wanted to do nothing. I just wanted to relax and enjoy. That's when I found myself binge reading. I read about six books for fun in one month. There was always a book attached to my hip. I started to finally feel like myself again. I hadn't read that many books in a short period of time since I was forced to in university or grad school. Actually, probably not even then if I'm being honest. Then there's the fourth stage, acceptance. I actually think I just recently hit this stage, maybe a couple of months ago. All the irrationality within me was starting to stabilize. I was better in tune with myself, my feelings, my emotions, my thoughts. I was happy to see the happy-go-lucky Ariel again. My husband has definitely noticed the positive changes, and I can only really describe it as feeling connected with a previous self. It feels familiar, comfortable. Things that bothered or frustrated me before, I now automatically resort to finding a way to get around them and how to problem-solve instead of sulking in the negativity. Personally, I'm doing a better job remaining connected with friends and family from home. I find myself being more organized, and my memory is a lot better. I just have the space now to breathe without worries. It's so funny looking back in retrospect, because I was very content with being here in Spain. But it was like my body was temporarily connected to another soul, and the old soul and the new soul were fighting to find resolution. The new soul was the new culture, new environment, new everything, a new person. And my old soul was stubborn and unwilling to accept change until it realized fighting was hurting us and eventually just submitted. So let's say you connected with my culture shock experiences. You might be feeling currently stuck in one of the stages, or maybe you don't connect at all and have had a total different experience with the stages and you just struggle with homesickness. How do we deal with feelings of isolation and disorientation that accompanies a move to a foreign country? If I could speak to myself two years ago, there are five things I would encourage myself to do. One, Connect to my internal self to recognize and be okay with my feelings. Everything I felt was normal. And by taking time aside to recognize and sit with those feelings, it would help with the adjustment process and allow myself to feel the emotions without judgment. I wouldn't judge someone else for going through similar circumstances, so I shouldn't judge myself. Number two, seek support. One of the first things I do with my clients, actually, during intake sessions is establish who we feel is a part of our support system. People who love us unconditionally and have our best interest in mind. These are the people who will help us when we are in need. 
but when dealing with an environment change like a move abroad, these people may not be easily accessible, whether it be due to work, life, children, spouses, time changes, whatever it is. It will be super important to communicate these struggles to your loved ones and to be sure to schedule times in to communicate. And nowadays, with access to video calls via FaceTime or WhatsApp or messaging, social media, this might alleviate a little bit of the disconnect with your support system from afar. You can keep in touch by writing letters, sending, receiving packages. Nothing hits home like receiving a care package full of peanut butter, ranch, and crunchy dill pickles. But I would also encourage you to look for ways to build a network where you are. Maybe mingle with others you are surrounded by, classmates, work friends, other fellow expats. If they are here under similar circumstances, it could be very helpful to connect with someone who understands you on an interpersonal level. Look for ways to connect with other expats or even locals, community events, language classes, or even social media groups. Some ways I made friends as an expat were through online sources such as Internations, which is an online community for expats, Meetup, which is an app with scheduled events for people with similar interests that you can choose from in your area. Facebook expat groups. This was a great resource for finding friends. There are always community events being posted or people sharing their stories. This could be an amazing opportunity for you to meet with like-minded people who live within very close proximity to you. And I also use Bumble BFF. Actually, I've met some really great friends here. However, it does come with the same anxieties that accompany being on dating sites, having to swipe on a person, and you must match in order to communicate. But the positive I found is that most people are swiping due to shared experiences. So if you have a juicy profile discussing your likes and interests, you're more likely to attract a wider variety of matches, as more people will be able to interpersonally relate to you. Number three, engage in self-care. I emphasize this so much as the process of adapting to a new culture culture can be so exhausting. Self-care can look different for each person, but the key is to prioritize activities that bring you happiness, joy, relaxation. This could be through exercise, self-care can be yoga or meditating, creative hobbies, or even just exploring the new city you're in. Whatever it may be, schedule the time to do what feels great to you. Your body will appreciate this more than you can even imagine. And speaking of exploring your new city, number four, learn about the local culture. As you grow to learn more about this new opportunity, this new environment that you're in, it can help alleviate feelings of culture shock and help you feel more connected to your new home. As mentioned before, a great way to do this could be through a language class or an exchange program. You will meet with locals who can give great insight to not only the language, but also the culture, city, the country, the cultural norms, and so much more. You can attend local cultural events. Look for a country or a city-focused calendar. You will have access to all the dates of the year that a cultural event will take place. And this will also help you as you'll become aware of different holidays. And if your country is anything like mine, you will quickly realize that holidays are no joke and everyone celebrates, which means everything is shut down. So using holidays to run errands or take care of little business that you can't do on a work day is nearly impossible. You will need to make sure that you schedule grocery store runs, package deliveries, and everything else to be done days before the holiday so you don't have to anticipate needing anything. And number five, practice mindfulness. 
As a therapist, this is something I am practicing almost daily in my personal and professional life with my clients. Now, mindfulness isn't just sitting cross-legged in a dark, quiet space, forcing your thoughts out of your head. Mindfulness is the art of simply being present in the moment. What does that mean? To each its own, and I truly encourage you to explore what that means to you individually. Mindfulness can be a very powerful tool once you learn how to master it. So these are five amazing ways to connect internally to help you during an abroad move. I hope you were able to connect to today's content about culture shock and homesickness. Everything you are feeling is completely normal, and now you have some tools to help you feel a little bit more comfortable in your experience abroad. Are you ready for this week's expat exploration question to keep you connected to today's content until our next episode? Well, here it is. What is one thing that you can start today to connect with your new environment and start to feel more at home? And for those of you who haven't quite yet made the abroad leap, what is one practice you can commit to starting now in preparation for potential challenges of culture shock and homesickness? Thank you so much for listening in to the Expat Therapist Podcast. You can find more tips and material on my website, globaltransitions.co, or on Instagram at globaltransitionsmhs. Be sure to subscribe to me on Apple and Spotify podcasts and to leave a review. I hope you are feeling even just a little bit more empowered. And remember, there's never a good time, so just go all out and do it now.